morning. I'm delighted, I'm thrilled to be able to share the word with you today, and I'm honored. As we've been going through the Christmas story uh, this month, um, we've talked about hope and faith and love that are all available from God because of Jesus coming as a baby. Today we're going to focus on peace. Um, That was the message carried by the angels uh, to the shepherds as they came to worship Jesus. But uh, we've learned this week, Rick had an experience with a man who had never, ever heard the story of Christmas and how the baby Jesus came. Never, ever in his life. He was 58 years old. It was amazing. So we need to review the story a little bit. And I'd like us just to get a little help from some young people. And they're going to tell us the story in their view. So here we go. An angel came to see me. Mary, she was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, like, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> a camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way, and they followed when the shepherds were taking care of the sheep. Then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and 
You're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. All right. <laughs> well, they got it mostly right, huh? Mostly right. <laughs> oh. Well, my reason, other, I, w- I was not just uh, going for the lowest common denominator of warming up the crowd with a cute video, but take note of how you feel right now. You know, I can very easily, in my own life, I can stray from this place of just joy, you know, and delight. And is that the keyboard? Excuse me. We really need to get that low E fixed. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So it's the key sticks there. So, all right. So um, I can, I'm sad to admit how easily I can get kind of pulled away from that little place of just peace and, and just kind of rest and everything's going to be okay. Uh, you know, life just comes along with its demands, doesn't it? And it so easily can just take that, take that little happy place from me. And I often wonder, you know, how do I lose that so easily? When, when it's so true, the word of God is so true. And the, the, the fact that Jesus really came and he's really here with us, it's so true. You know, you've probably asked your question, yourself that question sometimes too. And we have to ask ourselves, what is this peace anyway? I mean, I know Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so why is there still so much turmoil in our own lives inside of us, much less in our world? Uh, let's look at this story a little bit closer and see what we're missing. We're going to go back. You know, the, the Christmas story is only told in two books in the Bible in uh, kind of, is prophesied a lot of other places and reviewed. But in Luke 2 or in Matthew, you're going to read those the stories uh, about Jesus being born. So let's look at this passage um, in Luke 2, verses 8 through 12. I'm going to read this to you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So Jesus came along at a time of kind of relative peace in Israel's history. Um, you know, Herod was kind of a crazy ruler, but there wasn't any like real outward aggression against the Jews right then at that time when Jesus was born. You'll remember that later on in, a, in, in it, Joseph has to take the family to Egypt because all the baby boys under two were killed. So, but, but right at the time when Jesus is appearing, there's no real outward, you know, pogrom, so to speak, you know, slaying of all the Jews. Um, Herod 
kind of had this uneasy peace with the Jews. I think he was a little bit amused by them. We kind of see some stories where he brings them in to tell him stories. He's a little bit kind of fascinated with their faith and everything. Uh, He used them for labor, for his great building projects. He was an incredible builder there in Israel. And then they paid their taxes. He, He got a lot of money out of them to fund those building projects. So he had this uneasy peace of when Jesus... Um, Jesus came into the world as a baby. Now, the shepherds that we're hearing about today, they were really despised by the Orthodox leadership. You can imagine, if you were out in the fields taking care of sheep, you wouldn't have been able to follow all the ritual rules about cleansing and hand washing. And so a lot of the Orthodox leaders really saw them as less than. But this particular group of shepherds that was there in the fields around Bethlehem, a lot of scholars really believe that they were charged with the task of raising those perfect lambs that were used in the temple sacrifice every day. So that was their role. They knew a perfect lamb when they saw one. They were, in fact, charged with making sure that there were perfect lambs that had no spots, no, uh, no defect, no broken bones. Remember those sacrificial lambs all laid out in the Old Testament could have no broken bones. They had to be perfect in every way. Uh, they had a special place, in fact, where they would take the ewes when they are about ready to deliver their babies. And this little special room had a little manger cut in the side of the stone room. They kind of just, you know, the masons kind of created a little manger, a little place for the hay. And they would line that little manger with soft hay. And guess what they would do with this little lamb when it was born? They would wrap it in cloths and lay it in the manger so that it wouldn't be harmed, wouldn't have any broken bones. So I just thought that was so amazing, doesn't, that they knew what it meant to wrap a baby in cloth and lay it in a manger. They knew what to look for. So let's look on and see what happens in, in uh, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, after they got this message about this baby being born, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with that one angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love that this great company of angels, I don't know how many that was, couldn't keep quiet any longer. The news had been spilled out by this one angel to the shepherds, to this common man. But then the great company of angels just had to just burst out. Now, here's what's different from a lot of the songs that we uh, sang this morning. Is that the angels, according to Luke, I'm not making this up. They didn't sing. They didn't sing. They didn't sing that. It says they said. Now, it's kind of interesting how it's written in the Bible. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they were rapping. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of rhythmic. It was, it was a little bit of a poem. All right. But they didn't, they didn't sing. They said, glory to God in the highest. Peace. Peace on earth. To, uh, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And we're going to focus on this. I want you to see this. I think this is a better translation than some of the things that we have heard before where it said, peace on earth. It says peace to those on whom his favor rests. And we're going to talk about that. So this is our key verse, that peace is shalom. 
And I don't want to just take a guess about what that peace means. I mean, uh, I actually did a little search when I was preparing for the sermon because I was looking for um, what do other people say about peace? What is peace? And there's a lot of false religions out there that have a lot to say about peace. If you have friends that are, you know, Buddhist or friends that are in other type of cults or believe in yoga as religion, they have a lot to tell you about how to get peace. But it's not real peace, right? Our peace is different from that. It's not just an absence of conflict. We're going to take a look at what this peace is that Jesus has for us. First of all, let's look at what the peace does not mean. What did Jesus not bring to us? What does it not mean? From the time that we were in the, that Adam and Eve were in the garden until now, as Rick told us that wonderful story about that last hymn that we sang, there's been war on earth before Jesus came and from now. In fact, I, I remember somewhere, I can't verify this, but there's been, I don't know if there's been any time where there's been very, very few times there hasn't been war someplace on this planet of earth. There is no peace on the globe. Right? And there never has been. And that's not what Jesus was saying, or there would be. In uh, John 16, 33, let's take a look at this. In fact, Jesus, he not only didn't say that there would be no conflict on earth, he actually told us there would be exactly the opposite. Let's read this one together. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Right? We will have trouble. But in Jesus, something about our relationship with Jesus, that's what's going to give us peace, not lack of conflict in the world. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, verses 6 and 7, is a great prophecy of hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Here was what was said. Let's read this together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So it says he's going to be the Prince of Peace, and yet when we read this, we have to know, you know, what does it mean behind that? Because obviously Jesus didn't come. He wasn't the president of Israel, you know? He didn't come and establish an earthly kingdom, and yet he talked about his kingdom all the time. All right, so what does this peace mean that he was talking about? Let's look at Romans 1, 7b says that we are going to have peace from God. It's an undeserved gift. Read this with me. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So the peace comes from God. It's an undeserved gift that he's given to us. Romans 5.1 tells us a little bit more about what that peace is. Read this with me. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So it comes through Jesus, through forgiveness. Justified through faith means we believe in what Jesus did for us, having faith in him. And finally, in Revelation, this is really long. We're not going to read all of this. But there will be peace in the final kingdom. 
that promise of no conflict, that promise of no war and peace and happiness and contentment will happen in the final kingdom, which will be heaven, wherever that is. I'm not sure of all those details, but it will be there. Let me read this to you. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So no conflict, no war, no disease, no need in that eternal heavenly kingdom. So the peace that's promised through the angel to the shepherds is there will be peace in this final kingdom and personal peace now with Christ. That was the new promise. You know, there was always promise. They always knew that someday David's kingdom, David's throne, there was going to be this Messiah would come. But what was new for the shepherds to hear was that that peace was going to be available now through Jesus. That was what was new to them, was coming right now for them. And it isn't interesting that in that verse, peace isn't promised for the whole world. That's kind of hard to look at, but it's not. It's not promised for the whole world. It's promised to those that God is pleased with, the people that he has favor on. And you might say, well, who are the people that God has favor on? Psalm 147, 11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. So that's how we have favor. That's how we have his delight, is we have hope in him. We trust in his unfailing love. The peace is available to everyone, right? But it comes from relationship with him and intimacy with Christ. So Jesus really is the Prince of Peace, like Isaiah prophesied. Um, We are going to have that peace in eternity, no conflict, no tears, yes, but that's not all. We're going to have peace now with him and because of him. Jesus, I believe so much, he wants us to experience that level of peace, more than just a confidence that one day we won't have, that, we, that we're going to live in a peace-filled eternity. More than that, he wants us to experience that peace right now. You know, you might know some people that kind of can go through conflict that way. Um, they go through the midst of trials, and they just seem pretty calm. Uh, I don't always feel calm when I'm in the middle of a conflict. And maybe they aren't always either. Maybe they just kind of get it together. But some people seem to have a little bit better tendency to just be calm in the middle of a conflict. It's almost like they know something that other people don't know. Um, I think that, uh, that, that our ability to go through conflict, to go through trials and real trouble will bring us to an understanding that that peace really is available. And I think that we can't really take hold of that kind of peace sometimes unless we really do go through deep trials and through deep, deep troubles with him. Because then that makes us broken enough, hungry enough, needy enough that we say, I can't do this on my own. My solutions aren't working. 
I need supernatural help from a supernatural Savior. And good news is that Jesus really is there to provide that peace for us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a pastor. Was he pastor, Rick? A pastor in Germany during World War II. And he was in the church and he saw what was happening with Hitler. And he worked very hard. In fact, he worked with the underground to actually, actually their goal was to assassinate Hitler. Um, And he was imprisoned because he was found out. Because he could see the evil that was coming through Hitler. And he knew that it was from, from the devil. He... He had to know peace in the middle of a great storm, right? He eventually lost his life, I think, just very shortly before the, their camp was actually uh, rescued by the Allies, but he did lose his life. He, had a, he said something about peace. He said, There's no way to peace along the way of safety, for peace must be dared. It is itself the great venture and can never be safe. Peace is the opposite of security. To demand guarantees is to want to protect oneself. Peace means giving oneself completely to God's commandment. Wanting no security, but in faith and obedience, laying the destiny of the nations in the hand of Almighty God. Not trying to direct it for selfish purposes. Battles are won not with weapons, but with God. They are one when the way leads to the cross. So peace comes when we surrender to something bigger than ourselves, to the reality and the authority of Jesus in our lives. It's when we let go of our desires and our ways of solving problems, of fixing things, of kind of protecting ourselves from trauma and difficulty. It comes when we say, like Jesus did, your will be done. Your will be done, Father. Peace comes not from surrender to kind of a mist of fate, like some fake religions would tell you, but to the firm control of a real person. And I think that's what was powerful about the angels giving this message to the shepherds. They were going to see a real baby laying there with his mom and dad, right? A real baby that grew up and they observed and they watched all through his life. Um, And when we surrender to his authority, to Jesus' authority and to his way of life, we know that there is an authority in a way that's true and firm. We surrender to his leadership. I believe uh, that Philippians 4, 6 and 7 gives us another clue about how to maintain this peace. See, we gain hold of that peace when we surrender to Jesus but then when we start to lose it along the way, this, this, uh, this verse corrects us and helps us to know what to do to maintain that peace. Let's read this verse out loud together. Two verses, sorry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So once again, that peace comes from surrender, from not worrying, but giving everything to God with thanksgiving by prayer and petition, just saying, Jesus, I need you to take this. I'm petitioning the court. I've only got one signature. It's mine on this petition. It's enough. It's enough for you to just take hold of this situation.
There have definitely been a lot of times in my life when I've had to kind of come to that place. I, I was trying my best to kind of think of some one or two concise stories about how to tell you uh, times that Jesus has given me peace. And I honestly, I, I can't think of one true story. There just have been so many times. I, you know, I kind of grew up in a, in a home where there, my parents just didn't kind of get me. Let's just say that. And there were just many times in my life when I felt really alone facing different situations. Um, I can think of going off to college and feeling very alone on my own. If I was going to make it, it was going to be up to me to pay the bills and to keep making money and keep, you know, keep forging ahead. Um, as a young mom, I remember uh, some times of just knowing, I really don't know how to parent these kids. I don't know what to do. Because if I just do what was done for me, this is, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> you know, I needed to be taught. I needed help. I needed God's peace. Um, a number of years ago, uh, we, we started Celebrate Recovery uh, ministry here in this church. And I really needed Celebrate Recovery. I wasn't addicted to alcohol or to drugs, or, but I definitely had a pattern of trying to kind of solve my um, anxieties my own way. And I needed, I needed God's correction. I needed his help. I needed, his, I needed to line up under his authority. And I needed his peace that this was going to that he was going to be there for me and he was going to help me in very real ways, know how to live my life in a better way rather than an anxious way of trying to kind of solve my own problems. Even as a Christian, I was still kind of trying to solve my, solve my problems with my own solutions and I needed his help. And there've been so many times when I've been at an altar or beside my bed or at my couch in my living room, just saying, I need your help, Jesus. I need, I need, I'm going to surrender all of this again to you. I need to know you're there for me. I need to know you'll teach me. I need to know that I haven't messed up too much for you, that you have enough forgiveness and enough love to, to take me forward. And as I waited, sometimes not in that moment, but as I stepped out in faith, knowing that Jesus was a real person and that he really meant it, that he was going to be the Prince of Peace in my life, his peace came that firm knowledge, that firm understanding that his way was going to work. That's the secret, I think, that people have when they seem to go through conflict, go through troubles, and be very, very calm. It's because they do know a secret that other people don't know. It really is going to be okay. They have something that no one else can ever take away from them. The solid, firm love of God and the, and the fact that he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be there. It's not always going to be easy, but I will be with you. And that firm knowledge gives us peace that we can follow him in that way. I want us to follow and to go into this new season, the season of Christmas, with surrender and with peace. I want to share with you this version of serenity prayer that I learned in Celebrate Recovery. It really helped me. And I would just ask, if you're ready to surrender some place of your life and to say, Lord, you know what? I've, there's this, maybe a person, maybe a situation, maybe some, some other aspect of your life that you know you need to invite Jesus into. I'm just going to ask you, I'd, I'd like us to stand. And I'm just going to ask you to stand and pray this with me out loud.
And then I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you before we leave today. Here we go. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Let me pray. Jesus, we just rest right now in your peace. I, th- I thank you for peace. What a gift. What a gift you give us. Just cuddled up in your lap and just knowing that we have this amazing, capable, powerful, loving God who's got it all taken care of. Thank you for being our defender, our protector, our provider, our savior, our forgiver, our teacher. It gives us great peace to rest in your, under your authority. So today as we surrender those places in our heart, I thank you for your, for your peace that you give to us. And I pray your blessing of peace on my friends, my brothers and sisters, as we just stand before your cross right now. And as we go out into this week to celebrate your birth, that you came, the Prince of Peace, a quiet, a little, just a quiet little happening in a little town that would forever change the world. Thank you so, so much. And I pray Jesus' peace on you as you go out this week. May his blessing be among you and in you and working through you as you encounter people, as you worship this week, as you serve your family and your friends and your neighbors, wherever you go. May his peace be upon you in his mighty and precious name. Amen. God bless you.